What you're listening to is the Beaver Tales Podcast. Hi again, everybody. I'm Josh Gordon, the host of the podcast where I talk with former Oregon State athletes about their playing career and the lessons they've learned ever since. I've been covering Oregon State athletics since 2013. I've been able to work for Mike Parker, the radio voice of Oregon State, and my hope is that he'll continue until 2050, and then I'll take over after that. That's my career plan and hope to stay involved at Oregon State in the meantime, including with this podcast. Today's guest is Mary Jacobson. We go back to the Oregon State gymnastics team. Mary's one of the more recent guests I've had on the podcast, meaning more recently at Oregon State. In fact, she finished in 2019. So she's only been out of Oregon State about a year, and she went back up to Washington. She's in the home of Costco. That's Kirkland, Washington, and she works for Google. So we do talk about her job a little bit, as well as her time at Oregon State, the lessons she's learned, Going to the NCAA championships in 2019, Oregon State finished sixth in the nation that year as a team, and Mary herself was a second-team All-American on the vault. That was her final vault routine of her entire career. She stuck the landing, got second-team All-American, and she was actually a four-time All-American scholastically. She was a computer science major and one of the smartest, most cerebral, hardworking, academic standouts that you'll see, not to mention her standout athletic career as well. So let's just jump right in. The native of Puyallup, Washington, it's Mary Jacobson, my latest guest on the Beaver Tales podcast. You're in Kirkland now from Puyallup. What's the, by the way, what's the worst pronunciation I had to look up Puyallup a few years ago because I was going to say something that was not close to Puyallup, but now I know. But what's the worst you've ever heard? Probably Puyallup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I probably should have figured. I probably should have known that was going to be the one. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast. And we'll talk about your gymnastics career, some computer science stuff. Your job sounds fascinating. I remember talking with you towards the end of your career where you already knew you were going to be working for Google and now you've got... Uh, close to a year, about nine months actually in the job. But let's start chronologically early. I'm going to ask your first gymnastics memory and then your first like first memory using a computer or just kind of early job. Let's start with gymnastics. Okay. So first gymnastics memory. So my first gymnastics memory would definitely be in the backyard. I didn't start till pretty late, but my older sister, we did it at the YMCA a little bit when I was younger. So then we started trying to, I tried to learn, I think like a roundup back handspring in the yard. And I don't remember if I was successful or not, but me and my sister definitely tried. <laughs> and how old were you at that point? Pretty young? Uh, between six and 10. Cause I started at the YMCA when I was 10. So sometimes. Gotcha. Now to kind of parallel your growth in gymnastics and in computer science, what was kind of the first memory you had of going on a desktop, playing games, using your dad's laptop or whatever it was? What's kind of your first computer memory? Um, we had a family computer, but since I was the fifth kid, I don't remember really getting a chance to go on it very much. So my first time actually really using a computer regularly was in community college right before Oregon State. So I, I, was, I was pretty much a new computer user when I came to Oregon State. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. But you were a computer science major from the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, it was kind of an accident. I just tried out. That happened to be one of the first things I tried out, and then I just never switched. <laughs> so in the community college stuff, was that while you were still in high school doing community college classes? It wasn't that you transferred, right? Oh, yeah. Community college was just instead of high school, since I gotcha. was humbled up until then. So 
were you taking classes with people pretty, I mean, at least a few years older than you or what was that experience like taking community college classes? Yeah, it was a mixture. It was all age ranges, which I actually thought was really fun. Cause we had, we had veterans there. We had moms taking classes. We had high school students. And so it was actually a really fun experience to get to do that for two years. When you were in high school, kind of coming back to some gymnastics memories, you competed at Junior Olympic Nationals twice. You won the regional championship and the bars and the all around. That was 2014 and 2015. Uh, and you're still in high school at that point. So when you'd come back from these competitions, and I would say go back to school, but you didn't even really have a normal high school experience to so go to your community college classes. I'm guessing none of your classmates realized, oh, wow, Mary just finished fourth in the nation and bars or won a regional championship, right? I mean, I'm guessing a lot of people just, you know, you walk into class and didn't really realize that, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't really tell that many people. I don't know why. I was probably kind of shy about that kind of stuff. <laughs> So I was just a normal community college kid. I don't think I remember telling almost anyone. <laughs> so at that point, what would you say your goals were in gymnastics? Not just like what score you wanted to achieve or what college you wanted to go to, but more like what you wanted to get out of gymnastics, kind of whether that be you know, the admiration of fans, some people are in it for that. But if you're not telling people about it, maybe it wasn't quite so much that angle. So what were you hoping for gymnastics? Maybe it was just fun and you were just in it because you were good at it and enjoyed it. But kind of what was what was your goals and hopes for what gymnastics would give you? Uh, it was definitely just fun all the way through. I always, even to, in high school, which a lot of people have trouble wanting to go to practice and I still always wanted to go to practice and I was really super driven to get new skills. I wish I was a little more driven to get them consistently because I would just love to get new skills and then move on to the next one. But yeah, so I was very just having a good time. So when you're at Oregon State and you talk about having a good time, what were some of the, the fun memories there at OSU? Some of the the best moments, maybe it's the meets, maybe it's the practices, but what were some of the ones that were most fun in Corvallis? Practices and meets are just such a different experience because meets are a little bit more intense, but you get kind of the biggest highs from meets. Mm -hmm. But practice, we were just joking around and having so much fun. And I feel like we had a really good atmosphere of like working hard while having fun. So yeah, I think probably laughing with my teammates is the most was probably the most fun part of it. Did that make it easier to transition out of gym, gymnastics? Because depending on, you know, what athletes want out of the sport, whether it's, you know, personal fame, personal accolades, the money, or just, hey, I do it because I like it. Based on each of those answers, it would be a different experience once you finish, right? The, the player, the football player who's in it for the fame may have a really hard time transitioning away because now they're not the player, now they're not playing in front of the 70,000 fans and it might be difficult to step out of the limelight. Now, when you're doing gymnastics for fun and you're doing it just because of the enjoyment and you finish it, that could also be difficult because, well, you're not doing gymnastics anymore. So what was that like to finish your college career and realize, wow, I'm, I'm not doing gymnastics, you know, for one of my full-time job, but as my, one of my main time commitments, you know? Yeah, I was actually really worried. Uh, I didn't always admit it, but I was pretty worried that I would miss it a lot because of how obsessed with, of, with it I was and how that didn't really taper off. I still loved it to the very end. 
But since I think you're right, since I was doing it to have fun, the transition out of it actually went really smoothly because there's other fun sports out there. I mean, gymnastics is still my favorite, but I was still able to try out new things. And college was just a really fun, perfect way to end gymnastics. So it it felt like I got a good ending. So to kind of intertwine both what you were doing athletically at Oregon State and academically, as you were studying computer science at the same time, how did your interest level grow in computer science? Because as you said, it was almost a mistake. You weren't really sure. You probably figured out, probably changed this at some point or something. So how did your interest level grow and why did you end up sticking with computer science the whole time? Well, so when I started it, I knew I liked math. And so I was kind of looking at some of the engineering degrees, but Almost right away when I started it, it felt like this whole new world that I had never heard about had just was opened up to me. In gymnastics, like you're always trying to like get new skills and it is sort of like this world of, it just never ends. You can always keep trying different things. And that's why I liked it. But then I I started computer science and I almost just thought, why has no one told me about this before? This is amazing. You can create things. Uh, There's so much stuff to learn. So I felt like this world opened up to me and of opportunities too. So that's why I ended up sticking with it. Even before you graduated, you'd already lined something up with Google and you knew you'd be able to to have a job. So what's the team that you left and then came back to? What particular like focus or area is that in? Yeah. So the team that I started off and then ended up on right now is uh, navigation capabilities for Google Maps which was exciting because I really love this team I'm on. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a very practical area because a lot of people use Google Maps and would be very familiar with, oh, okay, this is how the app works and you're you know, helping build the product. So what kind of specifically in the, the navigation, as you say, like what sort of things does your team do to impact the app and make improvements? I mean, what is, what is kind of your role and the team's role in that broader picture? Yeah, we have a couple different projects, but I have mostly worked on tolls Hmm. for Google Maps. Um, Just, you know, when you go across the road and they charge you something. So we're trying to model that for different cities. And it sounds kind of boring, but I actually have found it really fun and interesting and a a cool problem space. Yeah. So how do you... How do you, you know, work that day to day? Are you learning like where the tolls are and implementing that into the app or improving the interface to pop up where tolls are? I mean, what kind of specifically does that look like? Yeah, I've worked on both. So like the back end where the tolling data is um, coming from and then surfacing that in the front end to what the users see. So I've actually got to work on all most of the layers and passing the data in between. Um, So that's been a really fun part of it, too, because sometimes people focus on one layer, but I've gotten to work on the full stack. Mm -hmm. What sort of like interface are you using where initially you've got a goal to, okay, I'm going to input this data about this toll road or or whatever it may be. But then to actually go into the app, you got to use some software using some, I mean, I'm no engineer, whether it's AutoCAD or whatever terminology, I don't even know what it means. But what are you using in your, in your day-to-day experience? Um, oh, well, I mean, we have all sorts of tools. Google is, they have some really cool tools. I code in C++, that's okay. like a language. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Java, there's, I code in a few different languages. So, yeah. Gotcha. 
I, I'm only vaguely familiar enough to kind of sound like I still don't know what I'm talking about. But yes, no, that's that's what uh, that's what I was wondering. So when you were, let's say, in college, did you use Google Maps? Did you use Apple Maps? It's okay if you weren't initially a Google Map user. I won't tell anybody. Well, okay, it's on the podcast. But what did you, what did you use? So I've actually always been a Google product user, like Google Docs. Google Sheets, Google Maps, just because, well, those are, a lot of times they have free products. And so I've just always used those and I found them just easier to use. So I do kind of feel good that since I started using computers, I've always loved Google products. So it's funny that I ended up here working, but. No, yeah, that, that works out well. You're a good uh, brand ambassador for Google, if you will. Um, what about when you're away from work? Like, let's say you come home, if you have a, a laptop or something, do you, what do you do when you're on the computer and you're not at work? What's a common place you find yourself when you're online or whatever software you're using? What do you do in your free time? Um, I don't really do any side projects out of work just because I feel like eight hours a day is enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, for, I mean, on the computer, probably just like online shopping. Really. I don't know. <laughs> That's probably what I use for besides work. No, that makes sense. Do you find yourself analyzing the websites you use, the online shopping portals, the the websites themselves, the design layout, whatever it is, do you do you find yourself saying, "Oh, if I if I coded this out, I can improve this or that." Do you do that? Uh yeah, sometimes. I kind of wish I didn't. I'll be like on an app and just I'm probably a little too critical of it sometimes <laughs> or, or, or sometimes I also can see like, Oh wow, this must've taken a lot of work. So mm -hmm. I, I think I can appreciate things sometimes, which is nice. What's an area you might find yourself in another area. Let's just say you stay in Google and, and you switch teams a couple of times. You like where you're at now. So maybe you'll stay there for a long time, but what's some other things that you might do projects you could work on, whether in Google maps or beyond that, like what's something that might be on the horizon. I, I think I'm actually hoping to stay in Google Maps for a really long time. I obviously don't know um, I could be placed anywhere, um, as I found out recently when I just suddenly switched teams. But I, I actually think I'd love to stay on this team for a really long time. It's, it's a good team. We actually have all girls on this team, which is really rare. And we're all pretty good friends. So I, I think I'd like to just stay on the, I know the projects will change, but stay in Google Maps. At Oregon State in the CS major, what would you say was the percentage male to female of students at Oregon State? I wouldn't know an exact percentage, but I did feel very, like I was, there wasn't a lot of other girls in it. And I even think I only had one group project with a girl the whole four years I was there. So they wow. were always group projects with just me and a few other guys, uh, which was totally fine. The guys at Oregon State were great. Um, I had a good time. But it was pretty surprising to join Google and then get on this rare team that has all girls. That was uh, pretty cool. Did that motivate you to like, well, gosh, we need more girls who want to stay in it? Or did you ever say, man, there are so many guys, maybe I need to go find a different profession. I mean, how did you kind of initially react to it before ultimately sticking with it? Oh, I mean, I wasn't super worried that there were a lot of guys in it. Yeah, I didn't think about it too much. I, I kind of wondered the diff sometimes I would feel a little bit, which guys could go through this too. I would feel kind of like everyone else around me had been doing this their whole lives and I had just started. So I often have this feeling of being behind even now, 
but I've tried to just get past that and realize that even if I'm behind, I'm catching up and I can do what I need to do. So the funny thing about getting all American and you ended up getting second team all American on the vault. This is your senior year, right? Where you went to nationals closed out at sixth compared to like, let's say football and basketball, baseball, the all American teams are created based on voting and it's fairly subjective. I mean, that's how it works in sports like that. It's just, you kind of have to pick and there's not technically a right or wrong answer the nature of gymnastics is it's all quantified. You get a score at the end and all Americans just decided by what score you get. There's no voting. It's just the top, you know, finishes become all American. And that's what you did in the vault. So when you hit that final routine, which ultimately got you to second team all American, what did that feel like to, to, I'm, I'm assuming it was pretty immediate where you knew I'm going to be a second team All-American. You don't have to wait a month to see, you know, the voting in the newspaper or whatever. So to hear, oh, that's my score. How quick did you realize? Not that, you know, All-American was your only goal, but how, how did that process go to pretty quickly realize, wow, I'm an All-American? That was kind of an interesting story because I had always wanted to be an All-American on bars and that didn't end up working out. And I wasn't necessarily expecting it on vault at all. But before my vault, I, for some reason, just kind of thought, oh, man, like if I want to do something individually, which I, you don't really think about that much while you're competing as, as a team because you're really just focusing on doing your best for the team. But I kind of thought, oh, man, if I wanted to do something individually, like something really cool, this would be my chance I, I, as vault would have been my chance at the nationals because I was kind of at the, in the end of the lineup. So my teammates had built me up, um, which gymnastics is funny because your teammates are really going, if you do something, it's because of the, your teammates before you just as much as you, but anyway, so my teammates had built me up. So I just thought before I went, wow, this is actually kind of my chance. And it was cool because like following through on that, And it wasn't, it's not like I made myself nervous. It was more just, I was excited. And so then when I landed and I stuck it and it was probably, um, I had stuck a lot of vaults that year. I I kind of finally figured it out my senior year. (laughs) But when I landed it, I definitely didn't know I was going to be a second team All-American, but I did know I had done the best, the absolute best vault I was capable of. So I was just really happy with that. And I didn't find out that I had made it All-American until we were at dinner after, after <laughs> nationals. Wow. So that was really exciting. Just a way to finish because I got a, a goal that I had definitely wanted all four years, but I would have been happy without getting it obviously because we just as a team did so well and I did the best I absolutely could. So I would have been happy either way, but that was just a really sweet finish. What happened at dinner where you realized, oh, I got second team All-American? The coaches, they announced it. They announced the four of us who got it. And um, and the team was just really supportive and happy. And it was, but yeah, like I said, All-American for gymnastics is a really funny thing. I mean, I guess it's like that for other sports because it's easier maybe to play better on football, obviously. Like if you have a line protecting you, you know, you can do better. But for gymnastics, if you go in the end of the lineup and get all American, your teammates are the ones who went before you who like built up to your score. So it really is like the whole vault lineup helped me get all American. So it's, Mm. it's cool in gymnastics when you just know like, Oh yeah, I did that. But also my teammates 
helped me like built it up built me up to do it that's interesting because gymnastics definitely is thought of much more of an individual sport than a team sport and it is to a certain degree definitely compared to football or like you I mean there's 11 guys on the field and they're very interrelated and all doing something that's affected by each other gymnastics is different but you're kind of highlighting the connection so if you had gone like as an individual which gymnasts can do if your team doesn't qualify for nationals but you still got a good enough score you could just go by yourself basically to nationals if you got a good enough vault score or whatever it may be if you had just gone by yourself and qualified individually do you think you would have scored as well and gotten second team all-american or do you really feel like it you wouldn't have done that had it not been like you say the scores coming up to your routine yeah i mean i think that since I mean, obviously I can't know because it depends how the judges, I don't know how they like judge individuals. Maybe they, maybe they're like, oh man, this individual must be really good. They made it without a team or something. But I think since I was really close to not being All-American, like I barely made it. So I, you know, I might've not made it if it hadn't have been for going at the end of the lineup and my teammates before me doing so well. Mm. I actually think I might've not made it if I had just gone as an individual or something. So I'm, I'm pretty thankful for my, for my teammates and um and I think Tanya had told us this in the past before like even early on in my college career um and she was talking about herself but she was saying how when she had placed or something it was the whole team that had helped her place so even in as individual awards it's the whole team that's helping for those two not just for the team um, and so I kind of knew that before going in. Do they give you anything to commemorate? Do they give you a plaque from the NCAA All-American or some sort of memorial? Or you just, hey, I'm an All-American and you just <laughs> know that in your heart. Like, how does that work? They did give us a piece of paper. And <laughs> then I think probably um, Bea or someone framed it for us. Uh, so that's really nice. And I do, I have it. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's definitely my favorite award just because that's my last vault. And so it's cool to have gotten recognized for my very last vault competing. Right. I mean, you knew since gymnastics was going to end for you in college. And the crazy thing about vault takes about five, ten seconds to do. So you knew that time I'm running down, doing my final pass, and I'm never going to vault again, at least not competitively like this you stuck it, got second team All-American and ended on about as high of a note as you can possibly get. So that, that is about as good a feeling. So are you the type of person where you, you flash that award in the center of your apartment so everyone sees, or is it stuck underneath a, a mug somewhere? And, and how, how do you do that? Um, I, I haven't hung it up yet. It's still just, it's sitting. I mean, I've looked at it a couple of times, but I haven't hung it up. I was trying to think of a place I could put it I was thinking maybe I have a pretty small apartment, so I don't know. I'm, my parents would probably be more excited to hang it up, but um, but it's still it's so exciting. I still would. I want to hang it up someday, maybe somewhere. Somewhere you'll find a spot for it. I'm sure. Don't don't ever lose yeah. that. It's your only second team All American you'll ever get. So yeah, well exactly. No more eligibility. Right. Hey everybody, real quick interruption on this podcast with Mary Jacobson, just a few more minutes left, but I want to give a shout out to Children's Garden. One really meaningful thing I heard is that someone from Children's Garden reached out to me and I had not even told them that I was advertising for them, but they said, hey, someone who was listening to your podcast wanted to donate to us and we just wanted to thank you and I was blown away just 
I mean, not that many people listen to this podcast. So the fact that someone heard this podcast and wanted to donate was uh, really impactful for me and made my day. So thank you. You know who you are, or maybe there's multiple of you, however many there are. But Children's Garden, by the way, a place I've mentioned before, they're a fantastic organization, really small outfit over in the Philippines, just basically one home for about a dozen kids that were living on the street, and they're given education and a place to stay for however long they stay there. You can check out more uh, at their website, childrensgarden.ph. I'll leave a link in the description. And uh, if you've got any money to spare or looking for some place to donate to, uh, that's a good spot if you're looking. All right, back to the podcast. Enjoy the final moments here with Mary Jacobson. The last topic or two, more just kind of on broader than just gymnastics or computer science work or Google, just about how you as a person, you move out of college and regardless of what job you have, it's always a transition to be, okay, wow, I'm an adult. I'm, you know, I have a job. I've now, what do I do with my, you know, time outside of work and, and what do I spend my time in and what am I passionate about? That sort of thing. So what's something that you've maybe learned about yourself in the last nine months where you're not in the college lifestyle, you're in the, you know, adult job, like normal lifestyle sort of place in life, what's something that you've learned um, about yourself or what makes you happy? Ooh, um, I mean, I've transitioning since I have like a faith background and um, I always can go and be a part of the body of Christ, be in church. That was like an easy part of the transition. But I think what I've kind of learned about myself, maybe there's a couple things I was really nervous about, you know, starting a new job and stepping out of a gymnastics gym where I was really comfortable. And, you know, you come in every day and you know what you're doing. So I was just, I was so, I just didn't think I'd be capable. But so I think I've just learned to step up and tell people like, okay, I can do this. And then even if you're not sure that you can internally, and then usually I end up stepping up to the plate and getting it done. And that was kind of the case in gymnastics too. You know, you would tell your coaches, okay, I can, I can be in this lineup. I can do this. And then you let them decide, don't make the decision for them telling them that you can't do it. Just let your boss or your coaches or whoever make the decision. So that's something that I've learned that has worked out and kind of pushes me to stretch myself. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, last question, kind of a fun one. I remember going to a couple meets in 2019 and your floor routine choreography was always one of my favorites. You kind of had like the the swing dancey, like I don't know if it was an Irish sort of vibe, but there was the all your teammates would do the locked arm thing while they're kind of mimicking your vibe on the on the side of the floor. Uh it was a really fun floor routine. If you went onto a mat right now, how well could you remember that choreography slash complete the skills and the passes? How would that go? <laughs> um, I think I could remember the choreography, but that's iffy. <laughs> I hope that I could. Um, it's only been a, a little over a year, I think. Um, but the skills, I mean, I think I could get them back within a day or two. I've actually been playing around the gym in like adult gymnastics with my sisters. It just opened up again. It was closed for a while. Um, and keeping up with other sports too. So I actually think I might be able to. I have no reason to, but. <laughs> we'll see if we can get you some eligibility back and put you back in a an Oregon State Leo and do all that over again. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thanks so much for uh, chatting about your job and some Oregon State memories. Uh, fun to catch up with you, Mary, and thanks for coming on the podcast. Yes, thanks, Josh.
It's been really fun to get a few gymnasts on this podcast. If you haven't heard Jen Llewellyn and Brittany Harris uh, earlier, a couple episodes ago, they were really great, not to mention chatting with Michael Chaplin, who was a coach for all three of these gymnasts, including Mary Jacobson. I kind of go in droves a little bit where I'll spend several episodes, not quite in a row, but there'll be a higher concentration of baseball guys for a little while, then transition more football. And lately it's been gymnastics and I'm sure at some point softball and men's basketball, whatever it may be, but ultimately trying to spread around to every sport and get you a feel for all the amazing stories that these different student athletes have been. Definitely got a few more football ones coming up as well, but some some of these gymnasts are, are just really fun to talk to. And there's a few more I have in mind that I'll come back to as well. Volleyball too, it's be a one that I'll kind of uh, have a few guests coming up. So basically every sport. And if you have a suggestion, hey, you got to get this person on, or how have you neglected this area, this person, this era, whatever it may be, feel free to hit me up uh, either on Twitter at Bright Ties, that's Bright Ties, or just Josh Warden, or my email, warden.josh at gmail.com. Feel free to let me know. And please check out the Beaver Tales documentaries. This podcast is a huge time commitment and, and one of my major projects projects, but even bigger is the Beaver Tales documentaries. You can learn more on my website. There's a link in the description. The first season of these audio documentaries focuses on the 2018 Beaver baseball team. So if you can sign up for an email list, I won't spam you at all, but that'd be great if you had a chance to sign up and take a listen to these ESPN 30 for 30 podcast style documentaries, uh, but it'll be really good coming out later this year. Thanks for tuning in to the Beaver Tales podcast. I'm Josh Ward and honored that you joined me for part of your day. Until next time, good night and go Beavs.